Section 40, Volume 5 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Easton. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 5, Section 40. When it was the five hundred and thirteenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Janshah and the Lady Shamsa abode three months with Sheikh Nasr, feasting and toying and making merry. And at the end of that time she said to Janshah, I wish to go with thee to thy motherland, where thou shalt marry me, and we will abide there. To hear is to obey, answered he, and took counsel with Shaykh Nasr, who said to him, Go thou home, I commend her to thy care. Then said she, O Shaykh Nasr, bid him render me my feather suit. So the Shaykh bade Janshah give it to her, and he went straightways into the pavilion and brought it out for her. Thereupon she donned it and said to him, Mount my back, and shut thine eyes, and stop thine ears, so thou mayst not hear the roar of the revolving sphere, and keep fast hold of my feathers, lest thou fall off. He did as she bade him, and as she stretched her wings to fly, Sheikh Nasr said, Wait a while till I describe to thee the land Kabul, lest you twain miss your way. So she delayed till he had said his say, and had bidden them farewell, commending the prince to her care. She took leave of her sisters, and bade them return to her folk, and tell them what had befallen her with Janshah. Then, rising into the air, without stay or delay, she flew off, like the wafts of the wind or the ramping leaven. Her sisters also took flight, and returning home delivered her message to their people and she stayed not her course from the forenoon till the hour of mid-afternoon prayer, Janshah being still on her back, when she espied afar off a wadi abounding in trees and streams, and she said to Janshah, I am thinking to alight in this valley that we may solace ourselves amongst its trees and herbage, and here rest for the night. Quoth he, Do what seemeth meet to thee. So she swooped down from the lift and alighted in the wadi, when Janshah dismounted and kissing her between the eyes, sat with her a while on the bank of a river there. Then they rose and wandered about the valley, taking their pleasure therein and eating of the fruits of the trees until nightfall, when they lay down under a tree and slept till the morning dawned. As soon as it was day, the princess arose, and bidding Janshah mount, flew on with him till noon, when she perceived by the appearance of the buildings which Sheikh Nasr had described to her that they were nearing the city Kabul. So she swooped down from the welkin and alighted in a wide plain, a blooming champagne, wherein were gazelles straying and springs playing and rivers flowing and ripe fruits growing. So Janshah dismounted and kissed her between the eyes, and she asked him, O my beloved, and coolth of mine eyes, 
Knowest thou how many days' journey we have come since yesterday? And he answered, No, when she said, We have come thirty months' journey. Quoth he, Praised be Allah for safety. Then they sat down side by side, and ate, and drank, and toyed, and laughed. And whilst they were thus pleasantly engaged, behold, there came up to them two of the king's mamelukes of those who had been of the prince's company. One of them was he whom he had left with the horses when he embarked in the fishing boat, and the other had been of his escort in the chase. As soon as they saw Janshah, both knew him and saluted him. Then said they, With thy leave we will go to thy sire, and bear him the glad tidings of thy coming. Replied the prince, Go ye to my father, and acquaint him with my case, and fetch us tents, for we will tarry here seven days to rest ourselves, till he make ready his retinue to meet us, that we may enter in stateliest state. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and fourteenth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Janshah said to the two Mamelukes, Go ye to my sire, and acquaint him with my case, and fetch us tents, for we will abide here seven days to rest ourselves, till he make ready his retinue to meet us, that we may enter in the stateliest state. So the officers hastened back to King Tegmus, and said to him, Good news, O king of the age! Asked he, What good tidings bring ye? Is my son Janshah come back? And they answered, Yes, thy son Janshah hath returned from his strangerhood, and is now near at hand in the Kirani Mead. Now when the king heard this, he joyed with great joy, and fell down in a swoon for excess of gladness. Then coming to himself, he bade his wazir give each of the Mamelukes a splendid suit of honor, and a sum of money. The minister replied, I hear and obey and forthright did his bidding, and said to them, Take this in turn for the good tidings ye bring, whether ye lie or say sooth. They replied, Indeed we lie not, for but now we sat with him, and saluted him, and kissed his hands, and he bade us fetch him tents, for that he would sojourn in the meadow seven days, till such time as the wazirs and emirs and grandees should come out to meet him. Quoth the king, how is it with my son? And quoth they, He hath with him a houri, as he had brought her out of paradise. At this King Tegmus bade beat the kettle-drums, and sound the trumpets for gladness, and dispatched messengers to announce the good news to Janshah's mother, and to the wives of the emirs and wazirs and lords of the realm. So the criers spread themselves about the city, and acquainted the people with the coming of Prince Janshah. Then the king made ready, and, setting out for the Kirani meadow with his horsemen and footmen, came upon Janshah, who was sitting at rest with the Lady Shamsa beside him, and, behold, all suddenly drew in sight. The prince rose to his feet, and walked forward to meet them, and the troops knew him, and dismounted to salute him and kiss his hands, after which he set out, preceded by the men in single file, till he came to his sire, 
who at sight of his son threw himself from his horse's back and clasped him to his bosom and wept flooding tears of joy then they took horse again with the retinue riding to the right and left and fared forward till they came to the river banks when the troops alighted and pitched their tents and pavilions and standards to the blare of trump and the piping of fife and the dub a dub of drum and tom-tom moreover the king bade the tent pitchers set up a pavilion of red silk for the princess shamsa who put off her scanty raiment of feathers for fine robes and entering the pavilion there took seat and as she sat in her beauty behold the king and his son janshah came in to her and when she saw tegmus she rose and kissed the ground before him the king sat down and seating janshah on his right hand and princess shamsa on his left bade her welcome and said to his son tell me all that hath befallen thee in this thy long strangerhood so janshah related to him the whole of his adventures from first to last whereat he marvelled with exceeding marvel and turning to the princess said laud to allah for that he hath caused thee to reunite me with my son verily this is of his exceeding bounty and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the five hundred and fifteenth night she pursued it hath reached me o auspicious king that king tegmu said to the lady shamsa laud to allah for that he hath caused thee to reunite me with my son verily this is of his exceeding bounty and now i would have thee ask of me what thou wilt that i may do it in thine honour quoth she i ask of thee that thou build me a palace in the midst of a flower-garden with water running under it and the king answered i hear and obey and behold up came janshah's mother attended by all the wives of the wazirs and emirs and nobles and city notables when her son had sight of her he rose and leaving the tent went forth to meet her and they embraced a long while whilst the queen wept for excess of joy and with tears trickling from her eyes repeated the following verses joy so overcometh me for stress of joy in that which gladdeneth me i fain shed tears tears are become your nature o my eyes who weep for joyance as for griefs and fears and they complained to each other of all their hearts had suffered from the long separation then the king departed to his pavilion and janshah carried his mother to his own tent where they sat talking till there came up some of the lady shamsa's attendants who said the princess is now walking hither in order to salute thee when the queen heard this she rose and going to meet shamsa saluted her and seated her a while by her side presently the queen and her retinue of noble women the spouses of the emirs and grandees returned with princess shamsa to the tent occupied by her daughter-in-law and sat there meanwhile king tegmus gave great largesse to his levies and liege and rejoiced in his son with exceeding joy 
and they tarried there ten days, feasting and merry-making and living a most joyous life. At the end of this time the king commanded a march, and they all returned to the capital. So he took horse, surrounded by all the troops, with the wazirs and chamberlains to his right and left, nor ceased they faring till they entered the city, which was decorated after the goodliest fashion. For the folk had adorned the houses with precious stuffs and jewelry, and spread costly proceeds under the hoofs of the horses. The drums beat for glad tidings, and the grandees of the kingdom rejoiced and brought rich gifts, and the lookers-on were filled with amazement. Furthermore they fed the mendicants and fakirs, and held high festival for the space of ten days, and the lady Shamsa joyed with exceeding joy when as she saw this. Then King Tegmo summoned architects and builders, and men of art, and bade them build a palace in that garden. So they straightway proceeded to do his bidding, and when Janshah knew of his sire's command, he caused the artificers to fetch a block of white marble, and carve it and hollow it in the semblance of a chest, which, being done, he took the feather vest of Princess Shamsa, wherewith she had flown with him through the air. Then, sealing the cover with melted lead, he ordered them to bury the box in the foundations, and build over it the arches whereon the palace was to rest. They did as he bade them, nor was it long before the palace was finished. Then they finished it, and it was a magnificent edifice, standing in the midst of the garden, with streams flowing under its walls. Upon this the king caused Janshah's wedding to be celebrated with the greatest splendor, and they brought the bride to the castle in state procession, and went their ways. When the lady Shamsa entered, she smelt the scent of her feather gear. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and sixteenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the lady Shamsa entered the new palace, she smelt the scent of her flying feather gear, and knew where it was, and determined to take it. So she waited till midnight, when Janshah was drowned in sleep. Then she rose, and going straight to the place where the marble coffer was buried under the arches, she hollowed the ground alongside till she came upon it, when she removed the lead wherewith it was soldered, and taking out the feather suit, put it on. Then she flew high in the air, and perching on the pinnacle of the palace, cried out to those who were therein, saying, I pray you, fetch me Janshah, that I may bid him farewell. So they told him, and he came out, and seeing her on the terrace roof of the palace, clad in her feather raiment, asked her, Why hast thou done this deed? And she answered, O my beloved, and coolth of mine eyes, and fruit of my heart, By Allah I love thee, passing dear, and I rejoice with exceeding joy in that I have restored thee to thy friends and country and thou hast seen thy mother and father. And now, if thou love me as I love thee, come to me at Takni, the castle of jewels. So saying, she flew away forthright to find her family and friends, and Janshah fell down fainting, being well-nigh dead for despair. 
they carried the news to king tegmus who mounted at once and riding to the palace found his son lying senseless on the ground whereat he wept knowing that the swoon was caused by the loss of his love and sprinkled rose-water on his face when the prince came to himself and saw his sire sitting at his head he wept at the thought of losing his wife and the king asked what had befallen him so he replied know o my father that the lady shamsa is of the daughters of the john and she hath done such and such telling him all that had happened and the king said o my son be not troubled and thus concerned for i will assemble all the merchants and wayfarers in the land and inquire of them anent that castle if we can find out where it is we will journey thither and demand the princess shamsa of her people and we hope in allah the almighty that he will give her back to thee and thou shalt consummate thy marriage then he went out and calling his four wazirs without stay or delay bade them assemble all the merchants and voyagers in the city and questioned them of thakni the castle of jewels adding whoso knoweth it and can guide us thither i will surely give him fifty thousand gold pieces the wazirs accordingly went forth at once and did as the king bade them but neither trader nor traveller could give them news of thakni the castle of jewels so they returned and told the king thereupon he bade bring beautiful slave-girls and concubines and singers and players upon instruments of music whose like are not found but with the kings and sent them to janshah so haply they might divert him from the love of the lady shamsa moreover he dispatched couriers and spies to all the lands and islands and climes to inquire for takni the castle of jewels and they made quest for it two months long but none could give them news thereof so they returned and told the king whereupon he wept bitter tears and going in to his son found janshah sitting amidst the concubines and singers and players on harp and zither and so forth not one of whom could console him for the lady shamsa quoth tegmus o my son i can find none who knoweth this castle of jewels but i will bring thee a fairer one than she when janshah heard this his eyes ran over with tears and he recited these two couplets patience hath fled but passion fareth not and all my frame with pine is fever hot when will the days my lot with shamsa join lo all my bones with passion low go rot now there was a deadly feud between king tegmus and a certain king of hind by name kafid who had great plenty of troops and warriors and champions and under his hand were a thousand puissant chieftains each ruling over a thousand tribes whereof every one could muster four thousand cavaliers he reigned over a thousand cities each guarded by a thousand forts and he had four wazirs and under him ruled emirs princes and sovereigns and indeed he was a king of great might and prowess whose armies filled the whole earth now king tegmus had made war upon him and ravaged his reign and slain his men and of his treasures had made gain but when it came to king kafid's knowledge 
that King Tegmus was occupied with the love of his son, so that he neglected the affairs of the state, and his troops were grown few and weak by reason of his care and concern for his son's state, he summoned his wazirs and emirs and said to them, Ye all know that whilom King Tegmus invaded our dominions, and plundered our possessions, and slew my father and brethren, nor indeed is there one of you but he hath harried his lands, and carried off his goods, and made prize of his wives, and slain some kinsmen of his. Now I have heard this day that he is absorbed in the love of his son Janshah, and that his troops are grown few and weak, and this is the time to take our blood revenge on him. So make ready for the march, and dine ye your harness of battle, and let nothing stay or delay you, and we will go to him and fall upon him, and slay him and his son, and possess ourselves of his reign. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 40 Recording by Eva Easton, Slotesburg, New York, August 2011